0: Hello there, this is Dwayne McCrary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Thank you for joining us today, and today our guest is David Briscoe. Thank you for being back with us for this week, David.
1: I'm very glad to be back with you.
0: Uh, we're looking at Session uh, 5, which is our study of Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. Uh, it Paul begins, uh, this particular s- section, uh, by characterizing himself as a prisoner because of God's revelation of the gospel. That's in verses one through six of chapter three. He notes that all people, and that includes Gentiles, are recipients of God's salvation through faith in Jesus. One thing you need to note here is in in chapter three, verse one, it's really the beginning of a prayer, and then he, he doesn't get to the prayer until verse 14, and we're gonna deal with that in the session next week, session six, so he interrupts himself in the middle of this and begins talking about this mystery. Then uh, he then talks in verses 7 through 9 uh, about being made a servant of the gospel for the purpose of proclaiming Christ to all people and he especially notes that he's to proclaim Christ to the Gentiles. Our sharing of the gospel is in response to God's grace demonstrated to us and our understanding of the depth of God's richness As believers, we can tell others about the grace and richness of Christ that we have received. He concludes this section, verses 10 through 13, by describing the purpose of his proclamation in terms of making God's wisdom known in accordance with God's redemptive plan. Uh, Faith in Christ makes it possible for people to approach the Father with confidence, and we as believers, we can find purpose in sharing the gospel with others because of that. So some of the, the big ideas here, the mystery of the gospel and the nature of the church, those are some of the things he's talking about. Um, the mystery of the gospel, the, this mystery, David, let's start there. I know Pack Item 9 includes an article about the mystery. Uh, he talks about this mystery in verses 3, verses 4, and verses 9. Help us unpack that idea. What's he talking about here, and, and in what way is it a mystery?
1: Well, if I say something is a mystery to me, I I usually mean that I I have no explanation for something. Uh, For example, when my children were young and I'd go into my son's room and it would be in complete disarray. And I would wonder, how did this happen? Uh, How did it get like this? And and my son, of course, would say, I I don't know. (laughs) And so it, it was apparently a mystery to him as well. But in biblical terms, uh, the word mystery refers to uh, truth or knowledge that could not be understood, cannot be gained apart from divine revelation. In other words, uh, God is infinite and we are finite. Uh, and so there is much about the infinite that finite minds can never perceive on their own. They cannot search it out. The infinite has to... Reveal it. And this is what God has done on many occasions. And so uh, when Paul was talking about mystery, uh, say in in chapter 3, verse 2, he wrote, The mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. And that's a reference back to chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, where Paul wrote, He made known, that is God, made known to us the mystery of His will, what He wants, what He purposed. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, that's what pleases Him, that He purposed in Christ. So God was doing something in Christ. Well, what was that? Well, he he goes on to say that it was a plan for the right time. God had a plan. For the right time. And that plan was uh, in Ephesians 1:10 to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Essentially, what Paul was talking about was that God was in the business of restoring a fallen creation, fallen because of sin. Restoring a fallen creation. And the mystery of it was that it was all centered in Christ. Uh, he is the center of that mystery. And the mystery was something God was revealing in Christ and through Christ about Himself, His nature, His will, His plan to bring everything together uh, in, uh, in Christ. And so in verses uh, f- chapter 3, verse 4, uh, Paul said to the Ephesians, you're, you're able to understand my insight into this mystery of Christ. It was not made known to people in other generations. The Old Testament people did not receive this revelation that came to us in Christ, but it is now revealed in uh, to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So God was doing something. He is doing something, and it's in Christ And it's centered in him. So uh, Christ had called Paul into a ministry uh, of proclamation of this mystery. That's what Paul said his life's work was, uh, to reveal this now open secret that God had for mankind.
0: You mentioned him being called here. Um, How should our understanding of the gospel motivate us to share it with others? Well,
1: that, that's a good question. Uh, in, in chapter 3, verse 8, a wonderful verse, Paul talks about the grace uh, that was given to him. Uh, the, the, by the way, he, his calling was an act of grace, is what he's saying. So he, he writes, this grace was given to me. And then he says, by the way, I'm the least of all the saints. This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable, incalculable riches of Christ. So, uh, here's what Paul is saying. I didn't deserve to be a Christian. In fact, I was a persecutor of Christians uh, for a part of my adult life. I, I hated the, uh, the Christian. I hated Christ, and I was persecuting His followers until the day that he met Christ, the risen Lord, on the road to Damascus. And the Lord transformed Paul's life and gave him grace, forgiveness. And so as Paul thought about what the gospel had done in his life, it energized him, it motivated him to proclaim the, to the Gentiles Uh, those riches of Christ. And so that's the point that I would make is that when I just stop and and think that the gospel provided for me, a Gentile, provided for me salvation, forgiveness, new life, eternal life, how can I not be motivated uh, to share that with others who also uh, continue to be in the same plight I was before I met Christ. So if I have come to know Christ in the gospel, certainly I'm motivated to share that with others as well.
0: And the further we get away from our salvation experience, the you know, time passes on, the more we need to think about and reflect on that grace, which may be why... Paul spent so much time in this particular book reminding them of what they were prior to Christ and what they were after Christ because that would serve as motivation then to share that with other people. Absolutely. Paul says in verse 12, we have bold access. How should we treat that phrase, David? Where's the balance between approaching with boldness and our humility when we think about prayer at that point?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm thinking... I think when I read that verse, when I think about the idea of boldness, I'm, I'm drawn to uh, a familiar verse, Hebrews 4.16, where uh, the writer says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Well, we've been talking about prayer. And so in, in one sense, the, the, the bold access that Paul is talking about is that we have access to the King of Kings. We have the right to come before Him, to share with Him, to communicate with Him in prayer. Uh, And uh, this this word boldness, the Greek term, can also mean freedom, it can mean openness. So uh, the idea is that it's open to you. Christ's door is open that you might come before Him uh, to pray and to seek his presence. And the balance is that, you know, when you when you come before the king of kings, you come boldly, that's for sure. Uh, but you come in humility, you come humbly. You don't come demanding. You don't come in the sense of, uh, I have a right to be here and... Uh, you must do what I say. Rather, our our approach should be bold to come, but humble in His presence because He is God and we're not.
0: It gives us deeper insight into that phrase, a petition to the Lord, a prayer as a petition. Uh, when you think about approaching a king, you petition them. You don't demand for, from them to act. That's so correct, yes. That's an important thing to consider here. Paul talks about also in verse 13, his affliction, uh, his suffering that he's enduring, how can a person's afflictions be for the glory of others?
1: Well, uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, where Paul starts this and then interrupts himself and and moves to the mystery, but but he says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. Uh, Where was he prisoner? This was probably during Paul's First imprisonment in Rome. And I think of how Paul got there. (laughs) This road all started back in Jerusalem, thousands of miles away. And uh, he was arrested and uh, nearly uh, stoned by a a mob. Uh, And yet he pleaded for uh, his right, his appeal to appear before Caesar and he had been granted that right, and so he had been transferred uh, by boat, and of course there was the shipwreck that uh, happened as well, but finally they, they came to Rome, and the book of Acts ends, by the way, with this uh, thought that, that Paul spent two and a half years in, uh, ha- under house arrest in Rome, uh, and was at that time able to proclaim the gospel to those who visited with him, uh, but he was a prisoner. And there were times when he did not know whether his imprisonment was going to end with his release or was going to end with his death. And so as Paul wrote about this idea of the afflictions that he underwent, uh, he um, he, he was talking about that um, he'd been willing to suffer for Christ in order to fulfill the calling that Christ had given him to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles. Had he not been willing to do that, had he not been willing to suffer for Christ, well, the question would be, would would he have gone to Ephesus? Would he have uh, preached the gospel there? Would the people who to whom he was writing in the book of Ephesians, would they have... Heard the gospel and responded. So, in, in one sense, uh, his, the glory was, uh, their glory was that they had become Christians because Paul was willing to suffer afflictions on behalf of sharing the gospel with them. Another possible way of, of understanding that is that if the Ephesians observed Paul's example of faithfulness, that he was willing even in prison as a prisoner to continue to write uh, the gospel, to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. They were seeing in him a living example of what it means to glorify the Lord in all circumstances. So uh, it was an encouragement for the Ephesians as well, their glory, uh, to be faithful in their context, where they were and what they were facing as believers.
0: This little excursion that Paul takes here starts in verse three. Excuse me, verse one of chapter three, with this, with the idea he's about to pray, and then he goes on this excursion, and he reminds us that God revealed His redemptive plan in Christ, which is the mystery, and that we have an opportunity to reveal that mystery to those who have yet to hear that mystery or accept it. It's an important lesson for us to consider. Next week we'll be looking at session six. Will we actually come and look at the prayer that that Paul uh, is going to offer for the Ephesians? It's actually the second prayer. He had one in chapter one, and now he offers another prayer in chapter three. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to you tuning in next week again as we continue our study of the book of Ephesians.